most common and worthy goals of any marathoner is to be able to race the iconic Boston Marathon. Now that it's January, it's time to begin your Boston Marathon training. But did you know that training for Boston, if you want to get it right, will require you to do a few things differently? While the point-to-point -point race is a net downhill, the terrain is tricky. Factor in the unpredictable weather and you could easily trip up in training. I've run the Boston Marathon in both steamy hot weather and icy cold rain, and I wouldn't trade either one of those days for the world. The training that I did and how I prepare my athletes today includes specific training that you might not need for other marathons, and that's what I'm going to explain today. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. Today, I'm going to go over what makes the Boston Marathon unique and why you need to change up your training, some common training myths and mistakes that marathoners make, and what kind of workouts you should include in your Boston Marathon buildup. If you've qualified for Boston or are dreaming of doing so one day, you don't want to miss this. Before we dive deep into the episode, my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition is available now wherever books are sold. I include everything you need to become a better runner all in one place, fueled by plants. You can order your copy today, or you can enter to win a signed copy from me for free. To enter, just write a five-star review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one, and I will randomly choose a winner at the end of each month for this entire year. Reviews are critical to the way the show gets more listeners, so I'd love to reward you when you write one. I also wanted to share a quick nutrition tip for every runner who's been trying to bump up their protein intake, especially on a plant-based diet. Ideally, we get everything we need from a perfectly planned whole foods diet, but let's be real, that's not always going to happen, especially if you're not super hungry after a long run. I've been using a great new protein powder called Nurify, and I'll tell you more about that later on in the episode. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for this week's Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. For my first Boston Marathon, I broke one of the cardinal rules of running, nothing new on race day. The weather forecast had dramatically shifted from absolutely perfect cool and cloudy to cold and rainy. So the day before, I bought a new hat and I am so glad I did. I crossed the finish line cold and wet and with tears of joy. So my first tip for training for Boston is don't make the same mistake I did. Pack your suitcase with gear for all conditions, no matter what the forecast says when you're packing. Expect extreme weather and adjust your expectations and your clothing for the race if you get it. Most people train for Boston in the winter months, so you might get used to the cold, but it's pretty difficult to prepare for a hot race when you're not heat adapted. And not many people train that much in freezing rain and howling winds, which is a real possibility. 
Aim to vary your training to include cold, wet runs and hot treadmill runs so you're physically and mentally prepared for any kind of weather in April. The second training mistake I see runners make is to overdo the hill repeats. Yes, Boston is hilly, but it's a myth that hill repeats train you specifically for hilly races. Let me explain. Hill repeats are awesome for any marathon, no matter what the course. You run up a fairly steep hill at a hard effort for 30 to 75 seconds and then walk or jog down as your rest and then repeat. The number of sets you do depends on your experience and your ability. Hard, short hill repeats build leg strength, develop neuromuscular connections, and get your heart pounding hard. Because you are fighting gravity, you can't run as fast as you would on flat. That means you can work harder at a slower speed, which lessens the chance of injury. But sprinting up a hill over and over again is not specific enough to what you will face on your way to Boston. Hill repeats are great to sprinkle into your training at the beginning of your training cycle, January and February, about once or twice a month, but as you get into the thick of training, you'll want to get more focused. The next mistake in preparing for Boston is freaking out over Heartbreak Hill. Despite its reputation, Heartbreak is not a steep hill. It's only about a half mile long and a 4.5% gradient. It's also not a continuous incline, so you have small breaks of flattish road as you ascend. So spending a ton of time training on uphills would not be the best use of your training. All hill work will make you stronger, but Heartbreak Hill takes up less than 2% of the Boston Marathon. So while you should not ignore uphill training, it shouldn't be your primary focus. Focus on the other 98%. On the flip side, mistake number four is underestimating Heartbreak Hill. As I said, the hill itself really isn't that steep or that long, but it's challenging for two reasons. The first is because it's located at mile 20. That's a rough point in any marathon, and in my opinion, that's when the real work of the marathon starts. You've also been running up and down the rolling hills of Newton for the past three miles, so when you see heartbreak looming ahead, in comparison, it's a beast. But the real reason heartbreak could break your heart is due to all the downhill that comes before it. Running downhill is fun and freeing, and it's easy to get carried away because of how effortless it can feel. But you pay a big price in your quads for all that descent. Running fast downhill creates 54% more impact force on your legs than running on flat and 75% more braking force. And you probably won't feel a thing until you have to change gears and go uphill. So you probably think that I'm gonna tell you next that you really need to focus on downhill to get it right and really prepare those quads for the havoc of the hills. Well, if you did that, you'd be falling into the trap of Boston Marathon training mistake number five, and that is spending the majority of your time on downhills. Yes, the race is a net downhill, and yes, you need to prepare for that with downhill running. But as I just mentioned, running downhill is very hard on your legs and creates extreme forces. 
So treat downhill running, especially fast downhill running, just like any hard speed session at the track. A little goes a long way and too much could send you to the couch. I'll tell you exactly how much downhill you should be doing in each month of your Boston Marathon training right after this. get back to the episode in just a minute, but I quickly wanted to invite you to run with me in my beautiful hometown this fall. September 14th through 17th, I will be hosting a four-day running retreat in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Asheville, North Carolina. We will be staying in luxury cabins right on the French Broad River where we can run right out the door. You'll get run coaching, strength training classes, guest lectures, and more. And of course, it will feature amazing plant-based food and a little nightlife as well. I've led many of these retreats over the years and I am so excited to be hosting this one in my backyard. Spaces are very limited and it's first come, first serve. So sign up today at theplantedrunner.com slash retreat. I'll be offering early bird pricing until March 1st, 2023. So be sure to take advantage of that as soon as you can. I can't wait to run with you this September. Now I've got to share that I have finally found a partner for the Planted Runner that I believe in enough to share with you, and that is Neurify by Prevenex. You know that I'm a huge advocate of getting everything you need for your best health and performance from whole plant foods. But when you're a busy athlete, that just doesn't always work out. I know I need more protein as a runner, especially being plant-based, and I don't wanna just eat blocks of tofu every single meal. But finding a vegan protein powder that meets my high standards hasn't been easy until my friend Whitney told me about Neurify by Prevenex. Neurify only uses the highest quality, most clinically effective and beneficial ingredients and nothing else. The protein is a perfectly balanced amino acid blend of organic yellow pea from Canada and brown rice from the UK. The micronutrients and the probiotics are of the highest quality as well and everything goes through pharmaceutical grade testing to make sure it's free from contamination from heavy metals that, in case you haven't heard, is a real issue with other protein sources on the market. Neurify is a premium meal replacement solution for busy athletes that understand that they need quality nutrition with none of the fillers and junk. But I wouldn't even be talking about this if it weren't delicious. My favorite recipe is to blend a scoop of chocolate Neurify, a little peanut butter with a frozen banana and some plant milk. My friends at Prevenix are giving the Planted Runner listeners 10% off your first order with the coupon code PR15. And when you come back for more, you'll get 10% off every subscribe and save order. Head to www.prevenix.com and use my code PR15 to get started today. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. So how do you add just the right amount of downhill training into your Boston Marathon build at just the right time? 
You want to start slow. Slowly increase your volume and intensity on the downs over time. I recommend in January to start incorporating rolling hills into your easy runs every week if you can. If you're not used to running hills at all, try once a week. If you run them regularly, you can do most, if not all, of your easy runs on gentle hills, being careful to keep that effort easy. Be sure your shoes are cushioned enough to take the extra pounding that downhills require. Take your headphones off and listen to your footfalls on downhills. Do you sound like a ninja or Godzilla? Quiet, light steps are less pounding, which will make a big difference in the race. This leads me to mistake number six, which is not working on rolling hills during your marathon-paced workouts. Yes, running at the track or getting in a good tempo run on flats is still going to be good training, but at some point, getting course-specific will be key. In February, start adding some downhills to any of your marathon-paced workouts, but avoid adding any speed on downhills that is faster than about 5 to 10 seconds of your marathon pace. You don't want to spend mile after mile going downhill fast. A little goes a long way. If you have rolling hills where you live, this is perfect. But if you're on the treadmill, most of them don't have a decline feature, but you can work on rolling inclines. Mistake number seven is not having at least one Boston-specific long run. Here's what I mean. In March, you will have some of your longest long runs. On the easy-paced long runs, you ideally want to approximate the course as best you can by running a mostly downhill route with a flat or a slight hill at the end. I don't recommend that you run every single long run on a downhill course because again, the injury risk is too high and the delayed onset muscle soreness that can result can increase recovery time, which can interrupt your training. In all of the training plans that I create for Boston bound marathoners, I include one or two Boston specific long runs. If you'd like me to create your Boston marathon plan, head to theplantedrunner.com slash plans and you'll get a plan that's not only custom to you, but custom to the Boston course. Mistake number eight is being unprepared for the last 10K of the race. What most people do is say, sure, heartbreak hill is going to be tough, but once I'm over that, it's all downhill from there. And this is mostly true in terms of elevation lost, but I find the last 10K of the race to be the most difficult. Let's face it, the last 10K of any marathon should be hard, but this will feel like nothing else. If you went out too fast in the first half, and that is extremely easy to do on this course, your quads will feel like they have been shredded like hamburger meat at this point. After they've been given a three-mile uphill break, they will have a very tough time getting back into action. There are also a couple of sneaky little dips and uphills to contend with as you come into Boston. So don't forget to save a little mental energy for powering through those all the way to the end. Mistake number nine is not being mentally prepared for the optical illusions at the end. Okay, so these are not true optical illusions, but they might as well be to your tired brain. The famous sit-go sign marks the one-mile point from the end of the race. 
but you will see it much, much earlier than that. It will seem like an oasis of water in the desert, but don't be fooled. You are not a mile away just yet. You'll get a similar feeling when you make the final left turn onto Boylston. The finish line will be in view and you'll be surrounded with screaming spectators. But you'll have the longest quarter mile you've ever run in your life to go, so don't celebrate too soon. Prepare for those mental mind tricks by visualizing them ahead of time. If you imagine them in full detail, perhaps thinking they are even worse than they really are, on race day, you won't be caught off guard. And finally, mistake number 10 is underestimating how truly incredible the Boston Marathon really is and how fortunate you are to even be training for it. If you are running Boston because you earned a spot with a fast qualifying race, you are among the very best runners in the sport. And if you are running because you're raising money for charity, you are even more amazing because your hard work and dedication is making a huge impact in the lives of others. For sure, Boston is expensive, crowded, logistically difficult, and not the easiest course or conditions for a fast marathon, but it's all worth it. Again, if you need a custom training plan for Boston, now is the time to get one at theplantedrunner.com slash plans. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is visualization. The brain loves to predict what will happen next, and when it thinks you've done something before, it lights up and relaxes. The good thing is that just imagining an experience is almost as good as actually doing it. To visualize your next race, sit or lie somewhere quiet and close your eyes. Imagine yourself walking through every step you plan for race morning, from getting dressed, to eating, to arriving on the starting line. Go through every mile thinking about what you will feel, hear, see, and smell. Don't just imagine everything going well. Imagine anything negative that could possibly happen, and then imagine how you will overcome. The more details you can fill in, the better. Imagine finishing the race strong and happy with your dream goal time, flashing above the finish line, happy tears streaming down your face. While very simple to do, visualization is a classic mental technique that can dramatically impact your racing success, and it's more effective the more often you do it. If you need some help visualizing a race you've never done before, head to YouTube to see if there are any course videos you can watch. There are some great ones for Boston. Thank you so much for listening to the Planted Runner podcast or watching it on YouTube. At this point, you know that I'm going to ask you for an Apple podcast review because it really helps the show so much. And I'm giving away a signed copy of my new book every month this year to one lucky reviewer each month. So head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and you're automatically entered to win. Have a great run today. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. 
Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashion You. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>